Hello, ako si Jessica Villan. Kayo ay nakikinig sa bagong Rapper Podcast episode kung saan hihimayin natin ang mga may init at mahalagang isyu sa Pilipinas. Ito ang Rapper's Newsweek Beyond the Stories. Sa episode ito, pag-uusapan natin ang mga pinakabagong pangyayari sa International Criminal Court. Formal na hiniling ng taga-usig ang pagbubukas ng investigasyon sa Gera kontra Droga ni Pangulong Rodrigo Duterte na nagbunga ng maraming pagpatay at paglabag sa karapatang pantao o crimes against humanity. Ano ang titignan ng ICC Pre-Trial Chamber para tuluyang buksan ang investigasyon? Ano ang magagawa nila kung hindi makikipagtulungan ang Duterte government? Kasama ko ngayon si rapper Justice Reporter Lian Buwan at rapper editor-at-large Marites Vitug para talakayin ang isyong ito. Hi Lian and Ms. Marites, thank you for joining me today. Hi, welcome to this. So, Lian, tell us about this new development with the ICC prosecutor. Is this a significant step in the process? And if ever ma-approve siya, what happens next? Yes, it's a very significant step in the process kasi yung first process talaga ng ICC is preliminary examination. That's like a fact-finding inquiry dito sa process natin. So that's not a criminal process at all. Hindi pa nagkikik in yung mga legalities and everything. So um, entering into the investigation phase is very crucial because dito pwedeng mag-summons or mag-issue ng arrest warrant. If I can be honest, I think there was a part or a sector of the human rights community which expected na ang announcement is approved na yung investigation approved na ng pre-trial chamber but the announcement was it was just a request from the prosecutor to open the investigation so hihintayin pa natin kung oo o yung pre-trial chamber but sabi ng nakausap nating experto usually three months lang naman daw yung tinatagal bago magdesisyon yung pre-trial chamber if i may add lang jades i was surprised lang to learn na may papala the month of may nag-file na si prosecutor Fatoben Suda Mm-hmm. But it was only made public in June. So I was wondering why, but siguro it's part of the process. And number two, dun sa rules ng ICC, uh, 120 days ang usually daw na binibigay for the pretrial chamber to give its go signal or to reject it. So anyway, suspense tayo for the time. Mm-hmm. Tama, uh, three months or so. Yes. Do we know or do we have any idea if the state, the government was notified before it was publicly announced? Kasi diba, uh, during the first time na it was announced that there will be a move to 2018, if I remember correctly, na notify yung Duterte government and that's why they announced before the ICC. This time around, did you hear if, if there was such movement again? I'm not sure if, I'm, I mean, I cannot confirm if Malacanang was indeed notified, but the international law experts that I talked to, and there were a couple of them, sabi, part daw talaga ng process ng ICC yun to notify the state in every process. So actually, I was also expecting Harry Roque to announce it first, just like he did in 2018, pinangunahan niya yung ICC. Uh, but this time, siguro, dahil nga wala pang approval yung pre-trial chamber, baka hindi nila ina-expect na i-announce ni Prosecutor Bensuda Especially because she was already retiring and there was no authorization yet. So baka feeling ng Malacanang, hindi i-announce yung mere request to open the investigation. Yes. And then, Lian, the application, the announcement, when it was announced, it came with this long document, 57 pages if I remember correctly. Ano yung dapat malaman ng mga Pilipino tungkol sa main points ng report ni Prosecutor Bensuda? Ano ba itong konsepto ng crimes against humanity na parang pinupunto niya? 
Siguro the most important um, distinction that the Filipinos need to etch in their mind is what is the difference between the ICC's kumbaga, concept and the concept of filing cases here in the national courts. Kasi pwedeng sabihin nga ng Malacanang na, oh, meron naman tayong Kian de Los Santos. And pwedeng sabihin ng DOJ na there are now 81 pending and existing criminal complaints filed against um, erring policemen. But that's those are individual cases. Yung concept kasi ng ICC, it's a systematic crime against humanity by murder. Prosecutor Fatu Bensuda, as she said in her 57-page report, she is looking and she wants a pre-trial chamber to look at a pattern of yung may grand modus, may similar actors, may violent statements, may concealment of reports. It's a systematic pattern in order for a crime against humanity by murder to occur. So may mga tao sa taas na kumumpas para mangyari ang isang widespread crime against humanity. It's a crime against a specific targeted population. And that's not what individual cases deal with. Kasi kapag nag-file ka ng complaint dito, it's just one person, one victim, one lower rank, colonel or major. The ICC as a concept deals with a system, a pattern of a crime against humanity. While I was reading the report, when it came out, no, talaga yun ngayon yung nag-stood uh, out for me na may pattern nga na nilalag, sinasabi si Bensuda na parang ginag-guide niya yung korte na ito yung mga nakita ko sa aking preliminary examination. So kayo, Ms. Marites and Lian, ano yung parts ng report na stood out for you? Nasurpresa ba kayo sa mga individuals named or nakulangan kayo? Ako, ang, sa akin ang nag-stand out talaga na na-name si President Duterte at saka yung dalawang former chiefs of the Philippine National Police. Kasi to be named in an official document in the annals of the International Criminal Court, hindi pa ito judgment, but to be named. Tapos mm-hmm. nandun sa official files na anybody can read, for me, is very significant. Kasi hindi lang ito bara-bara na media report or hearsay. It's an official document, result of a preliminary examination done by the Office of the Prosecutor. So very significant yung fact that, for me, the President and the two former PNP chiefs were named. Ms. Marites, ano po ba yung parang threshold ba or factors kung paano or bakit nasasama ang isang individual sa document ng or sa possible charges na ipafile ng ICC? Very low ang bar na required for the preliminary examination as compared to the investigation. So sa preliminary examination, very careful ngayong language nila, although very damning yung report yung sabi, uh, there is reasonable basis to believe. So reasonable basis to believe that you know they were major uh, perpetrators of a state-sanctioned crime against humanity, something like that. So based on their own Uh, interviews and their own evidence. Remember, Jodes, na nag-preserve ng evidence ang Office of the Prosecutor. Mm-hmm. So, based on what they have and open sources, they had ba- reasonable basis to name the three top persons involved in the perpetration of mass murder. Di ba you will, uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh. You will think, no, na 
these are based lang on open source investigations and some evidence that preserved by the prosecutor. I would imagine paano pa kaya if mag full-blown investigation na they will talk to people talaga on the background or maybe may mag-come forward na uh, government official na will talk about how the drug war was carried out. So baka mas marami pa yung manname talaga ng mga tao if the chamber approves the formal investigation. No? Just one line that they should not be taken for granted na sinastrug off lang yung shoulders or dismiss this as uh, something, an act of former colonizer yeah. of white people. So yun lang, huwag shrug off itong request to open investigation. Yes. Lian, for you, ano yung mga parts na nag-stood out for you while you were reading this report? Actually, same kami ni Ms. Marites, no? Kasi Malacanang and even Harry Roque, Harry Roque knows his international law really well. He would say talaga na, Uy, wala pa namang respondent. Hindi naman to parang Philippine criminal process na may respondent ka kaagad sa complaint. And in fact, it's just a Philippine situation, di ba? Kaya nga yung header ng mga document, it's situation. So it was very surprising for me that Prosecutor Bensuda will name President Duterte and uh, not only Chief Albayalde and De La Rosa, he also named former Justice Secretary Vitaliano Aguirre by virtue of his statements which the prosecutors felt like was an emboldening of, of violent acts. So yun, big deal para sa akin yun kasi even though the process says it's, it's a very low threshold of just establishing the context and she was careful to say that it points to an apparent policy of the state. Parang may ganun pa siya, hindi siya Misha straightforward na it's a policy of the state. It says it's a it's an apparent policy of the state. But whose policy is it? It's under President Duterte, whom he named. Ito na yung second glaring for me. She, she did not only want to investigate the drug war. She went beyond to 2011 in Davao City when the president was still vice mayor and mayor of Davao. At sinabi niya na, there may have been also crime against humanity there in Davao kasi it's the same pattern and Policemen in Davao were the same policemen plucked from their stations in the south and into plum stations in Metro Manila who were shown to have also perpetrated killings in the drug war. So uh, they can say it's a low threshold, we're not naming a respondent, but the report basically is a bombshell by Prosecutor Bensudana. This is President Duterte. Yeah. That's significant, no? Kasi dun sa part about Davao City because many people, human rights groups, lawyers, and even several communications submitted to the ICC, they've been pointing out na the pattern or the system that was implemented in the whole of the country, this was uh, happening in Davao City. Parang sinasabi nga na isa kong source when I was like digging into the Davos that squad years ago, laboratory in Davao City, ito yung parang test lab niya into a nationwide campaign against illegal drugs and very docu- highly documented yung nangyari sa Davao and dun pa yung CHR investigation that landed Senator Dalima sa bad side ni President Duterte diba? that's why diba sabi niya ng mga tao yun yun something that the President never forgave or never forgot hmm. so Lian and I know na mentioned ni Ms. Martes ito before but how did the prosecutor come up with this report given that the government did not cooperate from the beginning did she mention sa report yung mga resources that she tapped? The sources which we can see now are all open source. So it's uh, media reports. I think there were 50 from Rappler. And as uh, Harry Roque pointed out in Malacanang, ABSN, Rappler lang naman yun. Eh. Actually, he's wrong. There was also Inquirer. Um, 
and then there was a uh, Human Rights Watch, there was Amnesty International, there was Reuters, there's Al Jazeera. Uh, so it's a bunch of open source information, pero marami rin kasing redacted. And you can presume that those that were redacted are confidential at this point. So it kind of makes you curious, ano yung mga redacted? Ano yung mga hindi pa natin pwedeng malaman? So, is there a possibility na yung mga redacted na yon will eventually be publicized if ever this proceeds to a trial, no? Yeah, yes, kasi um, if, if ka, actually kahit sa the latter part of the investigation pa lang, when the, kasi after mag-open ng, if, if ever mag-open ng investigation ng pre-trial chamber, it's still the prosecutor under Karim Khan who will have to apply for a summon or a search warrant. So, in every process, tumataas yung threshold. So we can imagine if prosecutor Khan decides to apply, then he would have to prove, he'd have to prove why there's a necessity to summon or to arrest someone else. So um, we can expect that as the process prog- uh, progresses, may mas malalaman pa tayong mga mapopublicize na information. Yes. Ms. Marites, there is a new ICC prosecutor. Ano yung dapat nating malaman tungkol kay new prosecutor Karim Khan regarding his track record? What will he be able to bring to the table that can possibly benefit the Philippine case? Yes, first maybe Karim Khan has a 360 degree view of the entire process at the ICC. Una, he worked for the defense. He defended the bad guys. Defense siya. Pangalawa, prosecutor din siya. He defended victims of war crimes. Pangatlo, the last position he held before he came to ICC, investigator siya ng crimes committed by the Islamic State. So, buong-buo yung kanyang perspectives pagpunta sa ICC. Pangalawa, tungkol sa Philippines, very interesting na three times siyang dumalaw sa Pilipinas. The first was during a training he did for the Supreme Court. So, imagine uh-huh. he trained some of our judges sa mga courts natin. Pangalawa, I think twice pala, twice siya for the Supreme Court. Nag-train siya sa, under the Philippine Judicial Academy time ni Chief Justice May Lu Sereno. The third was the most interesting visit dahil on his own expense, he came to train the CHR investigators. Ito na yung most recent. And he met with the families of the drug war victims. So very interesting na of course, he did not come to the Philippines alone. He went uh-uh. to Southeast Asian countries. Pero ibig sabihin, meron siyang, I think, empathy for victims. At the same time, he knows how to handle uh, the prosecution and how to be a defense lawyer. So he will know the weaknesses also of uh-uh. the prosecution. So I, I really have high hopes, although sabi nga ni Karim Khan sa isang podcast, he has to manage expectations dahil sabi niya, the families of victims have the right to be impatient. Lian and Ms. Marites, hindi naman ba magkakaroon ng problema na bagong prosecutor ng hawak na Philippine situation? Ano yung possible challenges sa ganitong sitwasyon na tumaon sa transition na yung ganitong development na crucial na sabi nga ni Lian po kanina? Si Prosecutor Binsuda na yung nagsabi sa kanyang farewell statement on the Philippine case that it's going to be challenging for the Office of the Prosecutor under Karim Khan kasi very heavy workload yung OTP. They have 14 investigations and currently 8 preliminary examinations. Magiging 7 na lang yun kung maging investigation yung Pilipinas. So that's a really very heavy workload. And meron ng um, case beforehand na hindi pinursu ng OTP yung investigation just because 
mataas yung workload nila. So parang it's not practical na mag-open pa sila ng bagong investigation just because hindi na nila kaya. Sabi nga nung isang expert na nakausap ko, the demands for justice grow bigger but the budget does not. Kawawa rin naman yung ICC. Tsaka I think Karim Khan has a very pragmatic view of the ICC. Sabi niya nga dun sa opening statement niya, the Hague should be the court of last resort. Parang, if, if, if this is an ideal world, dapat hindi nyo kami kailangan. So, uh, I think meron siyang ganung worldview. Kaya meron ding call out si Prosecutor Bensuda na sinabi niyang the ICC is really at a crossroads. Kaya nananawagan siya sa mga member states na kasi their budget comes from member states. So, nananawagan siya sa member states na sana magkaroon tayo ng wholesale and institutional reflection of what the ICC can do and what the ICC should do. Uh, well, there's one advantage of Karim Khan, no? Kasi kulang talaga ng resources, as uh, Lian said. When he was with UNITAD, yung nag-investigate siya ng crimes ng Islamic State, he entered into partnerships kasi kailangan ng kulang budget din niya with Microsoft, advances in technology to help Uh, hasten investigations like DNA, marami siyang inexplain and he even came up with a field guide on doing investigations using technology. Pangalawa, sinabi din niya, he will work closely with local human rights and lawyers groups in the country that is under investigation. So which means you don't need to send your own staff kasi it's expensive. Also at the same time, ayaw mag-cooperate in Duterte so that's one a hindrance so they cannot come here. Pangatlo, sabi ni Karim Khan in his a questionnaire he filled up, 18 pages, he said that it would be good if the he can borrow or maybe international institutions can lend ex- experts to the ICC, like forensic experts, investigators, DNA analysts. So hindi na mag uh, hahanap pa ng budget. Kasi as Lian said, talagang kulang na kulang ang resources ng ICC. I think that's also the nature talaga of the ICC given that there are member states. So parang contribute, pitch in, pitch in dapat yung mga member states to attain yung gustong goal ng ICC, no? No, yes, that's true. Dapat state budget. Pero since mahirap uh, mag-raise kaagad ng yeah. partnerships wherein yes. walang out-of-pocket expenses yung ICC. Yes, Lian, what is the pre-trial chamber looking into sa pag-deliberate nitong application to open an investigation? Ano yung factors na they will closely examine? Besides dun sa pagtingin ng facts, ng factual basis ng request ni Prosecutor Bensuda, ang mahalagang titignan dito ng pre-trial chamber na laging inuulit-ulit ni Harry Roque is yung admissibility and complementarity. Because those two need to be checked Parang checklist yan eh. Those two need to be checked para umuo yung pre-trial chamber. Kasi kahit may factual basis, kung wala silang legal basis under the Rome Statute, hindi sila pwedeng mag-proceed. So, ang interesting dito ay, the Rome Statute puts premium on complementarity. Ibig sabihin parang dapat, the ICC needs to be reinforcing our national systems. Kumbaga, parang dapat meron pa incentive para sa national and domestic mechanisms natin to work on its own without needing the ICC. But also, the Rome Statute also requires admissibility. So dapat unable and unwilling yung national systems natin. Dapat an investigation will serve the interest of justice. Dito, pumalya dati yung kaso ng Afghanistan because the pre-trial chamber felt that the lack of cooperation from the Afghan state 
will mean that an investigation will not serve the interest of justice. So it, it's an investigation doomed to fail. Kaya hindi nila pinayagan, but that was already reversed by the appeals chamber. So meron ng investigation ngayon sa Afghanistan. And next I the crime should be so grave that it needs further action from the court. That's one of the indications of the report of Prosecutor Bensudana. The drug war is ongoing. People are still being killed and these many people have been killed and sabi niya, police are concealing reports, they're filing misleading reports. So para sa kanya, the crimes are so grave that it needs inter- intervention now. Kaya ang line lagi ni Harry Roque ay, hindi siya admissible because vina-violate niya yung complementarity and maybe that's confusing to some kasi bakit naman ganun na yung Rome Statute honors complementarity but also for it to be admissible, it must prove unwillingness and inability. Ang pagkaka-explain sa akin ng Human Rights Watch expert ay kasi yung national systems natin is looking at a different group of people and maybe a different nature of conduct. And it's different from what the ICC is looking at. So, in that case, complementary pa rin. Kaya nare-raise talaga yung fact na, ah, you're li- really looking at President Duterte because the DOJ Drug War Review, you know, will never look at, or at least it has not indicated that it will look at President Duterte. Tapos yung Supreme Court petitions naman, kahit pa i-declare nilang unconstitutional yung drug war, it doesn't mean President Duterte or his generals will be held accountable. Wala namang sure springboard yun na pwede ka nang magkaso sa kanya. It just declares it unconstitutional. Ang daming nuances talaga nitong proseso na to at ang daming parang kailangan consider na hindi lang siya pwedeng i-explain or makapture ng soundbites sa TV or sa presidential pulpit na every Monday night na nagwawalas ang presidente <laughs> sa uh, on live television. But before we dive further into this issue, let's listen to some rapper podcast overviews. The next time, wag ninyo akong pariginigin ng revolution. Naku, Diyos ko. Yan ang mas delikado sa COVID. Kaya kung mag-revolution kayo, you will give me the free ticket to stage a counter-revolution. How I wish you would do it. Don't understand what President Rodrigo Duterte is saying? Want to know the story behind his words? Listen to Seat of Power, Rappler's political podcast about the Duterte presidency. Hosted by me, P. Renada, Rappler's Malacanang Beat Reporter. Malino sa amin kung anong, anong terrorista eh. You say that the DOJ has a very clear concept of what a terrorist is, but it was also the DOJ who filed the prescription case. Well, I would like to think that that, would, that is a real, you know, that's a real lesson. Is there a risk, though, that we will never know the state of his health ever again? We can end up that way, in the same way that uh, the Supreme Court has rendered several constitutional provisions inert. How hopeful are you that this Supreme Court, under this administration, will exhibit a proactive attitude towards protecting human rights. What is before us is a Supreme Court that has overwhelmingly, for a few exceptions, one or two, in favor or on the side of the state power. A law that is not understood is a law that is easy to weaponize. I am Lian Buan, Rappler's Justice Reporter. Listen to Law of the Turtle Land podcast. And together with leading lawyers of the country, let's unpack the pressing legal issues and the Duterte government.
Hi, welcome back to Newsbreak Beyond the Stories. I am Judas Gavilan and I'm here with Justice Reporter Lian Buwan and Rappers Editor at Large Mart Esvitog. Pinag-uusapan natin ang latest move ng ICCs laban sa drug war ni Duterte. Lian, the Duterte government said that it will not cooperate. Sobrang firm yung stand niya to na sabi niya they will not allow it. How will this affect possible proceedings? It will only affect it insofar as it may provide logistical challenges. Pero yung legal, yung legal side nun, it's really not a new tactic. Kasi diba, um, Afghanistan did it, Burundi did it, nag-withdraw din sila after a preliminary examination. So, it's it's a government style. Siyempre, pag-iimbestigahan ka na, alis ka na lang, diba? Parang, so, hindi na yan bago sa ICC. So, ang effect niya, ang impact niya is logistics talaga kasi mahirap na namang mag-imbestiga kung hindi nakikipag-cooperate yung government. But over the years, the ICC has really found a way around it So, meron silang mga middlemen. So, these are civil society groups. These are NGOs. And kita naman natin, wala namang dearth of NGOs and civil society groups in the Philippines who are willing to participate. Lahat sila in public, openly indicating their willingness to participate, including yung mga mismong relatives ng mga drug war victims. And there were more than a dozen communications sent to the ICC. So, marami silang resources kung gugustuhin nila. And one thing that the Human Rights Watch and Amnesty International are putting a spotlight on is yung Human Rights Council ng United Nations para sa dalawang grupong ito mabibridge ng Human Rights Council yung gap ng non-cooperation kasi it's the Human Rights Council which has a technical cooperation with the with the Philippine government and ICC is a legal process, Human Rights Council process is a political process. So for Amnesty and Human Rights Watch, baka yung Human Rights Council yung kayang mag-pressure not only on the Philippine government as a state paratus para makipag-cooperate, but government officials in their individual capacity. Yung mga, ikaw may alam ka sa polisiye, sige na, sumali ka na, makipag-communicate ka na kahit confidentially. So naniniwala yung dalawang grupo na the Human Rights Council of the United Nations is in a perfect spot to reinforce a potential investigation by the ICC. Actually, yung ginagawa ng ibang cases in other countries, sa third third uh, country ginagawa yung interviews kung kailangan ng mga witnesses, kung ayaw mag-cooperate ng government. But as I was uh, reading up earlier, nagiging problema lang yung non-cooperation kasi nga there are creative ways no, of getting testimonies, evidence, but it becomes a problem lang for the prosecution when they send summons and warrants of arrest. Kasi yun talagang kailangan yung cooperation ng state. For example, in the case of Darfur, inindict nila yung president, si Al-Bashir, for war crimes in Darfur. Pero when he was traveling, si Al-Bashir, sa African states, hindi nag-cooperate yung ICC members na African states to have him arrested. So doon nagka-problema hanggang ngayon at large pa yata itong si Al-Bashir. Sa Libya naman, uh, nag-refuse na i-extradite yung anak ni Gaddafi to face charges in war crimes committed during the revolt na natapol yung father niya. So doon, doon nakikita yung difficulty. It's in the summonses, it's in the arrests. Doon sa Afghanistan naman, kasi war crimes committed by both Taliban and the Afghan forces. Yung US kasi hindi siya party sa ICC. So nag, kaya lang sila nag-complain at pinapahirapan yung uh, ICC. But as, as Lian said, there are creative ways 
of going around the investigation without ICC personnel coming over to the Philippines kasi they can never come here na undercover. They have to come here officially. So kung hindi sila pwede, dahil sila papayagan ni Duterte. So may third country naman na pwedeng magpa-interview. Ms. Maritas, hindi naman ba yung mga information na makakalap nila through these creative ways? Hindi naman yan tanggapin ng korte, eventually if matuloy yung proceedings po? No, kasi ang diba, different kinds of uh, of evidence are needed for the investigation. May testimonies, pero kailangan kasi i-corroborate itong testimonies ng like video footage, audio. I was wondering lang, pwede ba tayong, pwede bang yung mga human rights groups mag-wartap? Di ba bawal dito? But in other cases, In other cases in the ICC or in the ad hoc tribunals, tinanggap yung wiretaps conversation. Of course, the case of Kian uh, shows the importance of the footage and documents. Ito yung aking question din eh. Are we a documenting society? As Lian and Jodes, you have written, rubbish yung mga documents na binigay ng PNP sa Supreme Court on the, the drug killings, the related killings. So tayo ba ay meron talagang documentation or since extrajudicial killings to hindi na dinodocument so importanteng makita yung ganung level of documentation. I think dito papasok yung importance siguro kung anong klaseng documentation yung tatanggapin ng korte kasi sanay tayo na official documents like sa, galing sa mga government agencies pero paano mag-hold kaya yung mga documentation ng mga HR groups ng mga journalists ng media pagdating if ever matuloy yung trial no? Doon sa isang na-interview kong international criminal lawyer who defended the bad guys in the ad hoc tribunals, sabi niya, importante talaga yung documentation na galing sa gobyerno. Kasi I was thinking, tayo ba? Nag-document ba tayo talaga? In Syria, in Syria, which is a very um, a situation na reported on extensively, Merong documentation kaya nga na indict yung isang intelligence officer. But of course, this is not ICC. This is outside. This universal justice. Pero based on documents, nandun yung pangalan niya at yung mga taong uh, whom he held in prison and had tortured. Sabi ko, meron kaya tayong ganitong documentation? Baka si Lian, alam niya. <laughs> Palagay ko, wala. <laughs> Kasi as a... Pag, sa pagkausap ko sa, I mean, our own investigations, media's own investigation, the investigations of human rights groups and legal groups, talagang hirap na hirap silang kumuha ng documents. And it's proving to be that the DOJ also has a difficulty accessing these documents kasi pinagmalaki nila sa UN Human Rights Council that they would investigate at that point, 5,000 deaths pa lang. Pero 328 lang yung records na na review nila so there's there's really a dearth of documents and as we saw nga dun sa Supreme Court petitions basura basura talaga yung ano and as prosecutor Bensuda found kasi may concealment may concealment of reports minsan hindi naman pinipre-op minsan hindi rin pinopost-op and as ideals told me yung lawyer ng ideals one of the lawyer groups who investigated the drug war hindi talaga nila pinipre-op pinopost-op na lang nila kasi mas madaling pekein or mas madaling mag-imbento ng mga facts after the fact. So, you fit the facts as according to your liking. Parang ganun. So, child chance oh. sa investigation, Liana? 
Yes, very, very challenging. And I think the Philippine government is also challenged by this. The Philippine Drug War Review is also challenged by this. And I think that's one of the challenges talaga nahaharapin ng, ng ICC. You mentioned another review panel, no? Lian, with this new development sa ICC, what does it say about domestic mechanisms in the country? Because I remember when the panel was launched, sabi ni Justice Secretary, this shows na hindi na kailangan ng intervention from international mechanisms like the ICC. Is this an indication that efforts late sa drug war review panel ay hindi talaga enough? Yes, that's what the request of Prosecutor Bensuda indicates kasi hindi naman siya magre-request ng investigation if she th- thought that the domestic mechanisms here are enough. What's interesting for me is that si Justice Secretary Menardo Guevara, when, when we asked him about the request, he deferred comments. Sabi niya, all ICC matters are now for Secretary Luxin and Secretary Roque to answer. Parang ganoon. Parang hindi na ako sasagot dyan. Um, parang ang sinasagot na lang niya is anything about the UN Human Rights Council. Kasi parang yun yung kasi binibida nung ano, ng gobyerno ngayon na they have a technical cooperation with the UN Human Rights Council. Mm-hmm. They have a joint human rights uh, program na lagi nilang binibida. So yun yung badge of honor ng Philippine government na Look, look our look at our commitments to human rights. We have this with the UNHRC, which is precisely why pina pressure ng mga ibang ng independent groups yung HRC na see the drug war panel for what it is, which is a parang panakit butas lang sa ayon nilang mangyare, and that's why there's such a pressure on the UN Human Rights Council na pati si Human Rights Office of the Commissioner. Chief Michelle Bachelet, parang pinipressure niya rin yung council kasi there was separate unit sila, Judes. Maybe, mm-hmm. you can, ano, uh, maybe you can discuss that. It's a separate unit na parang pati ngayon si Bachelet, pati siya, namimressure na rin sa council. Because if you remember yung report ni Michelle Bachelet noong 2020, ay very damning, very intense na sinabi talaga niya na una-una ay walang due process sa drug war ni Duterte yung violence na ginagawa ni Duterte ay, or sinasabi niya ay na-transform or na-translate into the killings sa ground. And if I remember, di ba sabi rin niya na yung local systems ay hindi na enough to get accountability. After the launch yung drug war panel, sinabi ulit ni Bachelet na concerning pa rin yung killings sa Pilipinas. So parang consistent naman siya sa lagi niya sinasabi na yung latest statement kanya, kahit sinabi niya na uh, she's uh, happy to say na finalizing na yung joint human rights program nila with the Philippine government because it's part of the resolution adopted last year, sinabi pa rin niya na the review panel, the investigation of the government ng mga drug work killing should produce meaningful results. And sinabi rin niya na kailangan isama or may participation dito ang mga civil society organizations at also yung CHR, yung Independent uh, Human Rights Institution natin sa Philippines. So parang pinasaringan niya rin yung panel kasi di ba for a long time, hindi nila sinasama, or until now, hindi pa nila sinasama ang CHR. Lian, meron na bang timetable? I, I know, sabi, within three months or para expected, 120 days, di ba? Along the lines, or saan dito darating yung part na possible maglabas ng warrant of arrest or summons? Wala na after after kasi that if the pretrial chamber indeed opens the investigation anything after that varies in length na uh, makikita naman natin ang Afghanistan sobrang tagal mm-hmm. sobrang tagal ng tinagal niya and then 
very quick nga for the Philippines. So after after this hurdle, there there really is no telling kasi nakadepende din yan kung priority ba tayo ni Karim Khan. Baka mm-hmm. mas prioritize niya yung ibang investigation na pending sa OTP. So there's really no telling but the progressive leaders here are looking at a prospect o. Baka ano na lang, um, pag wala na in power si President Duterte. Kasi if he is in power, then how do you expect the PNP to arrest him? Kung meron mm-hmm. niyang arrest warrant, how do you expect the agents here to enforce the warrant and the summon kung he's still in power? So they're saying um, maybe if he's not in power, some some groups are saying if he's not in power, then maybe there could be a more viable viable enforcement of potential warrants and summons. But then again, sino ba yung susunod na presidente? I want to add na it's crucial na kung hindi presidente si Duterte, the Philippines, let's say the opposition wins in 2022, the Philippines can rejoin Rome's statute and there's a process as such a thing as endorsing the investigation, which means full cooperation So, you know, there's a big possibility na makakakalkal ka ba ng documents dyan, ng video dyan, ng whistleblowers. The OTP said in a policy brief that hindi lang high level and middle level na perpetrators ang i-charge nila. Kahit low level. So, this is already a warning to the Philippine National Police, those who have been part of the drug war, na hindi naman boss nyo lang ang matacharge if they find out na kasama din pala ang low-level perpetrators, very notorious siguro at some level, masasama din sila. So this is a real warning to all those who have been part of the drug war. Uh, add ko lang no, kay Ms. Marites. Yeah, yung endorse, if we do rejoin the ICC, which may be a possibility kasi ayaw pang i-release ng Supreme Court yung kanilang ICC decision eh, para sana we can see how the Philippines can rejoin the Rome Statute. Pero tama yung ano, A state referral kasi yung Palestine, which is one of the seven investigations under Prosecutor Bensuda, state referral yon. She didn't have to request for it. The government of Palestine actually referred it to the ICC. Tapos dun sa, in the case of Al-Bashir, parang the, the people of Sudan took the matters in their own hands. Nagkaroon sila ng... Um, parang people power so they ousted uh, uh, Al Bashir from from power and then afternoon uh, he was sentenced now on corruption charges so parang it's it's the internal mechanism of the country kicking in kumbaga kaya um meron din akong tanong dati sa international law experts na kung hindi man talaga ma-exhaust yung full powers of the ICC can the ICC at least help the national systems improve its fight for accountability and with Sudan we can see how the the the, con- the country's national mechanism stepped in without without bringing al-Bashir to the ICC pero parang sinabi nila na kami na lang kami na lang ang uh, we will we'll take care of this so that's the prospect for president Duterte and his generals kaya very crucial talaga yung 2022 elections and also itong si Duterte and maybe the top leaders of the drug war the gen- the retired generals no mahihirapan naman sila mag-travel dun sa iba't ibang bansa dahil meron din naman universal justice principle na inadopt ng ibang bansa like Switzerland, Germany if they decide to live in any of these countries the long arm of the law uh, will catch up with them especially yung sa existence ng magdits kilos diba correct that's also another 
uh, obstacle sa kanilang pag-enjoy ng kanilang retirement. Baka ma-freeze ang kanilang assets. Nako, dami pa naman ipapabaon sa kanila ng admin na to na pension, no? Hindi <laughs> <laughs> magagamit outside the country. or Miss Marites and Lian, kung merong one challenge na the ICC should or can overcome if the chamber approves the opening of an investigation, ano yun? Siguro one thing that they should prioritize if ever ma-pursue yung trial. Ako ano lang, um, and maybe Judas will agree with me na parang um, I feel for the... I think Judas, ikaw yung nagsabi sa akin ito when na while an investigation is a good step towards accountability, it also poses a great risk to the families of those vic- of the victims, of those witnesses, of those who may be involved. So kahit na magandang step siya for accountability, tumaas din yung risk sa kanila. So, and the ICC does have a witness protection program. One thing that the ICC must ensure is with every step it takes, it must not forget that actual lives, actual lives are on the line. Um, and it's not just guro, baka kasi... Uh, they're looking at siguro President Duterte and the generals, ganyan-ganyan. But uh, in actual, in in practical terms, it's it's a vendor or it's a it's a janitor na nakatira lang kung saan mang eskinita sa Maynila. Those are the small people, kumbaga, who are on the line. And sana huwag silang kalimutan ng OTP and ICC as they take this case further. From, from my end naman, ang challenge talaga... Well, of course, for the ICC, because in the last year of Duterte, walang cooperation dyan, it's really more of our local human rights groups and lawyers' groups to really do the hard work of, of trying to get as much corroboration as they can for all the witness testimonies. Kasi hindi tayo magkukulang sa testimonies ng witnesses. Kailangan lang talaga ng corroboration. So dun yung hard work. If, pwedeng, uh, if, if the PNP rank and file will keep in mind their future rather is also at stake dito sa ICC, hindi lang yung mga bosses nila, then hopefully the conscience will speak to them and they will cooperate, you know, documents, video footage, audio conversations, yun ang mga dream corroboration for, for all the witnesses who have testified. Lian, when the latest move was announced by the ICC prosecutor, Madami agad na messaging ang mga trolls or mga Duterte allies saying na or downplaying this move. May mga nagkasabi rin na dapat ma, parang mamanage ang expectations natin. But at the same time, at this point na marami na namatay, bakit crucial ang positive developments from the ICC? Eh kasi baka yun na lang yung inaasahan, di ba? Sabi ni Prosecutor Karim Khan nga dun sa opening speech niya, The Hague must be the court of last resort. Eh baka for many people, The Hague is really the city of last resort. Baka, baka yun na lang talaga. And we acknowledge the cynicism over ICC. I mean, hindi naman tayo nabubuhay sa pantasya. And we acknowledge that there may be some siguro shortcomings or gaps in the processes of the ICC, which the ICC knows and the OTP knows. Kaya nga nag-commission sila eh. Lately, yung ICC nag-commission sila talaga ng studies from experts para humingi ng recommendation kung paano nila papasharpen yung pangil kumbaga ng ICC justice. And we acknowledge that. But also for many people, 
it may be it may be their last chance it may be their best chance to get justice so even though for some it's a fantasy it's a land of unicorns and rainbows but for some it may be the most real that they can get to justice so for my last question lian what can a possible icc trial give to the families left behind by the thousands of victims of the Duterte's drug war may sistema ba for reparations or transitional justice Yes, uh, Judes, uh, sa process ng ICC, after trial, tapos may conviction, the trial chamber may order the convicted person to pay reparations to the victims of the crime. Pwede rin silang mag-set up ng trust fund. Pwede rin silang mag-award ng reparation on a per-person basis or per-collective basis. Siguro, kamukha na lang nito ng ano, Human Rights Board for Martial Law Victim. Pwede siyang per-person, pwede siyang collective, pwede siyang pera, pwedeng property, pwedeng uh, medical support, uh, rehabilitation, magpapagawa ng mga victim service center, um, pwedeng memorial, ganyan. A lot. The ICC has a lot of mechanisms and designs, kumbaga, uh, for reparations. Yeah, I just wanted to add to this, as just to, to add to what uh, Lian said. ICC is not a panacea. In the end, talaga, we really have to strengthen our own judicial institutions. And if I recall right, wala pang head of state na, na, na nakakulong dahil sa ICC. No? At large nga si Al-Bashir. Pero yung former Ivory Coast president naman na-acquit. So siguro, ito yung, this is giving comfort to the likes of Duterte. But you know, there can always be a first time. Yes, first time. <laughs> first time for everything. Yes. So, medyo ang daming nuances nga, ang daming pang proseso, ang daming kailangan i-consider when we talk about the ICC process. But at the same time, like what Ms. Marites and Ian said, kailangan tingnan yung mga tao on the ground, yung victims na umaasa na ito na ata yung last hope nila para makakuha ng semblance of justice under this administration. Kasi hindi biro nga naman na mamatayan ng pamilya, hindi biro na ang pumatay ng pamilya mo or ang kapamilya mo ay ang mga polis na dapat ay unang-una protekta sa kanila. So thank you so much, Ms. Marites and Lian, for joining me today and for explaining this nuances, the process, the sometimes very complicated uh, legalese jargons ng ICC na dapat hindi dapat ganun ka-complicated ng explanation. Thank you for giving us yung underground implementation or translation ng mga konsepto na to. Salamat din, Judes, for inviting us to your podcast. Yes, and I learned a lot from ano, Ma'am Marites. Susulat ko na yan mamaya. <laughs> ano ha, Liana, you should be there during the trial. <laughs> Sa The Hague. Of course, wishes, wishes lang yan, wish list. Yes, and thank you listeners for tuning in. If you would like to be updated on this and other issues, huwag kanimutan na i-follow ang Rapper and Newsbreak sa Facebook, pati na rin sa Twitter. If you want to get access to exclusive content and events, join Rapper Plus. Plus is a community where we discuss and get deeper insights to the issues we face today. Pwede ka sumali by visiting rapper.com slash plus. Kung meron ka namang gusto na topic that you think we should discuss in our podcast, pwede ka mag-email sa investigative at rapper.com. Again, I am Judas Gavilan, and this is Newsbreak Beyond the Stories.